from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. There's obviously a concern about whether the vaccine can hold up to the Delta variant. What have you seen on the ground here in St. Louis? Yeah, I have not heard of any um, specific cases from fully vaccinated people uh, becoming infected with the Delta variant. From everything that we've seen coming out of coming out of uh, clinical trials as well as observational studies, the risk of, of becoming sick uh, from the Delta variant if you're fully vaccinated is extremely low. Uh, but there has been some data out there that suggests that the uh, people that have the J&J vaccine may need a booster dose, and this is, this is coming out of Europe, mm -hmm. uh, with an mRNA vaccine. Um, the bottom line is, is we don't know right now. I'm Sarah Fenske. For more than a year, Dr. Alex Garza has been the region's point person on the COVID-19 pandemic. The chief medical officer for SSM Health has served as commander of the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force, coordinating among the region's four major hospital systems and 100-plus municipalities. But two weeks ago, Dr. Garza led the pandemic task force's final briefing. And this month, He's leaving town. He's an Army reservist, and he is being deployed to Kuwait. And he joins us today to talk about where we've been and where we're going. So, Dr. Alex Garza, welcome back. Good afternoon, Sarah. How are you? So, Dr. Garza, the pause between you being on this one very intense mission and now leaving for another one, it just doesn't feel like very long. Does it seem like you're going from out of the frying pan and you're going straight into the fire? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's It's been a whirlwind year for sure. And um, gosh, I don't even know how to explain it uh, after getting orders to deploy um, about yeah. <laughs> going from one crisis to another. So but, uh, you know, it are you able to even get a few days of vacation in there? Are you literally going from one to another? Yeah. So, you know, I have carved out um, time to be with my family over the last uh, month or so. And so so we have had some time together. Uh, I did uh, just get back from New York. So I was dropping my son off at uh, the U.S. Military Academy. So he got an appointment to West Point. So he's he's on his journey now. Wow. So Congratulations. I mean, that's those yeah. are so hard to get. Such a big deal to be accepted there. Yeah. Yeah, we're very proud of him. Yes. So it sounds like the military, this isn't just something that you were willing to do yourself. Um, your son is now following your lead. Yeah, uh, he's a little bit more polished than me. So I didn't go to West Point, but uh, <laughs> but I'm very excited for him. And, and I think he's he's looking forward to the challenge as well. Well, a lot going on for you. I got to ask everyone in the St. Louis area kind of nervously keeping an eye on things related to the coronavirus. Your task force had the final briefing on June 14th. What did it conclude at that at that briefing? Yeah, well, I think a couple of things. Uh, for one thing, we've come a long way in the last uh, year and a half. Um, I think for another thing, it was incredible to see the community come together. So not just, I think, the the uh, healthcare systems, but also public health and and the FQHCs and, and the business community and everybody come together to uh, to work on a common problem. So that gave me um, great satisfaction. Then 
But then lastly, uh, you know, we were we were sure to caveat it with the pandemic's not over yet. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, that was in the sort of opening days of the Delta variant. And it's grown a little bit more concerning since then, for sure. So I wanted to talk about that today because I know a lot of our listeners are very worried about this. And I, I want to separate some of the real concerns from concerns that, that maybe are outpacing what we know now. What makes this Delta variant so concerning mm -hmm. here in Missouri? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. Um, so the the Delta variant, I think, as most people know, is more transmissible, so up to 50% more than the Alpha variant, which is the predominant one. It is going to become the predominant predominant strain, both within Missouri and within the United States, and so it, it's already on its way up there. Um, and then the other piece, I think, it, which is even a little bit more concerning, is it's um, it can cause uh, more disease and by that I mean uh, data coming out of, of England has shown that you're about two and a half times more likely to be hospitalized if you're exposed to the Delta variant versus the alpha variant and so that gives us great pause because we still have significant portions of the population that are unvaccinated and so that's that's the worrying piece and does that tie into why we keep seeing missouri in the national news related to this delta variant yeah unfortunately you know um in some ways we were if, the, if there is such a thing as luck in the pandemic you know most of the 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 pandemic cases they started on both of the coasts the east coast and the west coast and so we had a little bit of time to prepare here in the middle of the country but it just so happened that the, the variant uh, that originated in India just happened to show up in, in Missouri. And so now it's almost like a middle of the country spreading outward hmm. instead of the opposite way. So we really had no sort of, uh, you know, forewarning or, or time to, to think about this. It, it just showed up in our backyard. It's here and it's hitting these communities where vaccination rates have lagged. Correct. Uh, so if you think about the optimal environment for this virus to thrive, it's in an environment where there's low uptake of vaccine and there's no public health measures to speak of. So things like mask wearing and social distancing and crowd size. And then an environment such as, you know, that uh, late spring, early summer, where there's a lot of uh, community gatherings coming together, whether it's for weddings or for graduations or for numerous other things. Um, and so that's sort of the, the perfect environment for, for this virus to spread. We're talking today to Dr. Alex Garza in advance of his deployment to Kuwait, giving us giving us here on St. Louis on the Air a, a final briefing uh, before he leaves town. <laughs> and if you've got questions for Dr. Garza, this is a great resource for anybody who's been worried about this issue, thinking about this issue. You can call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. Uh, Dr. Garza, we actually got two great questions from Mary Ellen on Twitter. Um, I'm going to break these down here. First, she asked, how is St. Louis Metro, basically the city, the county, however you want to define that, how are we doing on case rates since this variant? Have we seen a spike here in the metro area where we are doing a bit better on vaccinations than the outlying areas? Right. So, so we're, we're doing better than the outlying areas. So if you, if you look at the map of Missouri, um, the St. Louis metropolitan area has the highest rates of vaccination across the state. So that's a good thing. For sure. Now, they aren't where we would like them to be, but, um, but that's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's uh, why we're working so hard to get people vaccinated. Um, the cases have not fluctuated uh, dramatically higher. 
Um, but let me translate that into to hospital numbers now. So we have seen some of our admissions ticking upward, and they sort of fluctuate. Sometimes we'll get a day where they bump up, and then it'll come back down. Hmm. Overall, they have been ticking up a little bit higher, but nothing as dramatic as what we've seen in sort of the Springfield and, and Joplin area. So that could mean one of two things. We know Delta is is in the community, so um, our vaccination level and and other measures that are in place are are, are prohibiting the vast spread of of uh, of this variant. Or it could mean it's just getting hold now. It's sitting there brewing in the background, and we just haven't seen that outcome yet, which mm. you know takes a little bit of time. That's a, a terrifying scenario. Um, mm-hmm. Second half of Mary Ellen's question on Twitter, she wants to know if you or staff, people you've talked to, are seeing any symptomatic cases on fully vaxxed St. Louis area residents due to this variant. There's obviously a concern about whether the vaccine can hold up to the Delta variant. What have you seen on the ground here in St. Louis? <laughs> Yeah, I have not heard of any um, specific cases from fully vaccinated people uh, becoming infected with the Delta variant. So, so, but this, you know, it needs a little bit of, of discussion here. So as most people know, I think they, a lot of people classify them as breakthrough cases. And I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. It's, it's really, it's really people that can become infected uh, prior to, uh, after they've been vaccinated. And the reason why I say that is in the clinical trials, what you look for is people that are sick enough to either get hospitalized or, or unfortunately pass away from becoming infected. Mm-hmm. So people can still have low-level infection uh, with uh, a COVID variant after they've been fully immunized, but it prevents that severe disease. Mm-hmm. Um, now, even the risk of that is extremely low. From everything that we've seen coming out of, coming out of uh, clinical trials as well as observational studies, the risk of, of becoming sick uh, from that Delta variant, if you're fully vaccinated, is extremely low. The patients that we are seeing are people that have other medical conditions. So if they're on chemotherapy and unable to mount an immune response, even though they've been fully vaccinated, and even some of the CDC data, when you dig into it, um, people can get admitted to the hospital for another reason, but just happen to incidentally also have COVID, but mm-hmm. it's unrelated. And those are counted in the statistics as well. So that's some good news. Our vaccines in St. Louis so far, uh, they are holding this at bay. Well, yes, absolutely. It's another good reminder to go get vaccinated. I seem to say this every day on the air. Yes. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. David is calling from South St. Louis County. Uh, David, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, Dr. Garza. My wife and I are fully vaccinated, but we have young children age two and four who are not eligible for a vaccine mm-hmm. yet. And I was just wondering, mm-hmm. with the Delta variant, is it safe to take them outside the house, even if we have the mask? Because everywhere we've been, nobody's wearing masks. Yeah, that's always a, a challenging question. So I think you're absolutely right on the masking part, and that follows on with the CDC precautions. Unvaccinated people should be wearing masks and practicing social distancing. What I frequently tell people is, is do your risk assessment individually, depending upon what you're going to be doing. So certainly if you're taking your kids out to the park, you're outdoors, you know, there's greater ability to, to socially distance, then I'm not as worried about it. If you're going to a more crowded atmosphere, so a small enclosed room with many people that are, you're not sure of their vaccination status and, and uh, you know, there's, there's poor ventilation, things like that, 
that's when I would think twice about should I be in this environment or not. Hmm. Um, so th there's, it's difficult to say one size fits all. I think it's really dependent upon what the activity is, what the environment looks like, and, and as well as what is the penetration of the Delta variant in the community. So mm -hmm. what happens in, in southwest Missouri in a Springfield or Joplin area is much different than what's happening here in our community. David, I want to thank you for that question, and good luck as you figure this out for your family. We also got a tweet from Lisa. She writes, how effective is the Johnson & Johnson vaccine against the Delta variant? Should those who receive the J&J &J vaccine get a booster with Pfizer or Moderna? What would be your advice at this point, Dr. Garza? Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question, and I have not seen any definitive data on the J&J &J vaccine. Most of the um, information that's, that's out in the literature has been focused on the mRNA vaccines, so Pfizer and Moderna. Um, there's reason to believe that it is effective against the Delta variant, uh, but there has been some data out there that suggests that the uh, people that have the J&J &J vaccine may need a booster dose, and this is, this is coming out of Europe, mm -hmm. uh, with an mRNA vaccine. Um, the bottom line is, is we don't know right now, but I would not be surprised if in the future there is a recommendation for a booster dose for the J&J &J vaccine. We mm -hmm. just don't have enough data right now. So if you're a J&J &J person, keep your, eyes, uh, keep your eyes peeled. There may be more information on that soon. Dr. Garza, we got a, a question here from somebody who I, I get the sense he's a fan of yours. And we're going to bring <laughs> this back to your Army service here. Uh, Rich on Facebook sure. asks, what is Dr. Garza's Army rank? I would be disappointed if the Army hadn't made him a bird colonel. <laughs> Where do you yeah. fall here? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, full bird colonel. No, the, the, <laughs> the caller is absolutely uh, correct. So, <laughs> thank you for that vote of confidence for my rank. <laughs> so, you're a bird colonel? This is the news here? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. No, you're full bird colonel. Absolutely. 06. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We also got an email from the Arab Times in Kuwait. They were really interested about the fact you were coming on this show um, because of the mm. fact you're going to be coming to their country. They said they're working on a story about you. They had two oh, questions wow. for you. Yeah, and, and I thought these were good questions. They asked, first, are you sure your deployment won't be delayed again because of the spike in, in COVID-19 cases here? I understand this did happen once before. Yeah, well, so um, it, it didn't happens so much. It was a negotiation, I would say, as much mm -hmm. as there is with the military. Um, and, and part of my negotiation was you really would like for me to see my son go to West Point, right? And so th there's, I was pulling on the tug, on the heartstrings of the military. They and, care more about so, your role as a military yeah. <laughs> father than the whole St. Louis region's uh, pandemic. Right. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so, so that worked in my favor. And, and I was very fortunate that they were a willing to work with me on, on, on my deployment. And so, that's great. so, uh, so I don't foresee them though, uh, the, the army saying, gosh, you know, with this Delta variant, maybe we should keep you there. They're, they're, uh, you know, uh, they, they have their own, uh, motives for doing things and, and sure. I'm, I'm not complaining either. So it's, it's totally fine. So the second question that comes from the Arab Times, they ask, if you come here to Kuwait, will you be in a p position to share your expertise in dealing with the virus and specifically the Delta variant if asked to do so? Is that something that's going to be a part of what oh, you'll gosh. be doing? Um, not that I know of. So I will be uh, my, my, you know, sort of formal uh, work will be as an emergency, so I'm an emergency physician and board certified in emergency medicine. So that's what I'll be doing. Uh, for the Army working at uh, Camp Arafjan in Kuwait. Now, certainly, if asked, I would be 
happy to to help out and that's I do, I do a lot of that in the military with a with a civil affairs unit working with host nation countries so it's not something that's far fetched from from what I traditionally do in the military so your expertise could come in handy over there you're you're happy to share what you've learned here in Missouri oh yeah absolutely yeah on a, on a more somber note, we did get a question. Uh, this is from the journalist Rebecca Revis. She asks on Twitter, mm-hmm. are St. Louis hospitals concerned about needing to take on patients coming from southwest Missouri hospitals who yeah. say they're at a breaking point? Yeah, uh, Rebecca is a fantastic journalist. Um, so, yes, I think as most people understand, the metropolitan area doesn't just serve the citizens of the immediate vicinity. We're really a resource for the eastern part of the state. And so um, that just shows us how how uh, we're all really one big community. And so if we have uh, people becoming sick from COVID from not just the metropolitan area, but from the the greater regional area, it can have significant impact on our on our healthcare facilities. Um, as you or your listeners may know, uh, patients have already been transferred from that Springfield Joplin area up to the St. Louis and the Kansas City area for exactly those reasons. They've mm sort of saturated their resources and, and unable to, to take uh, more COVID patients. So that sounds like that's a concern for your colleagues here yeah. in St. Louis. No, absolutely. Yes, yes. And don't forget that we're still providing all of those other healthcare services that we had either slowed down or stopped during the original surge. And so um, that uh, just compounds the work that uh, goes on in the healthcare systems. So you are definitely going to Kuwait. It sounds like the military is is not going to change this <laughs> yeah. date. Who is going no. to be running this whole pandemic for us once you're gone? Yeah, well, so uh, I would I would uh, I would argue that I don't run a pandemic. Uh, the pand- the <laughs> virus fair. sort of runs the pandemic. Unfortunately, so, uh, that is true. I'd rather have you in right. charge here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so we'll be distributing my responsibilities amongst the other. Uh, members of the task force, and and they're, you know, as as I've told people, it, it's not about one person; it's about the mission, um, you know. And and there's plenty of extremely talented, capable uh, people that I've worked with over the past year that I have complete faith and confidence uh, will be able to to pick up those pieces and and do a great job. So your deployment is for four months. Um, will you return as the task force commander when that's over? Well, I hope not. I've given strict instructions that I want the pandemic to be over by the time I return. And so I like your thinking I'm, I'm here. hopeful that <laughs> I'm hoping that they will follow through on that. So I, I'm hoping that most of this uh, will have, you know, calmed down to a very manageable level where we don't need a task force. That is just something that we do. It's part of our job. Well, I hope the virus is ready to take its orders here finally at long last. <laughs> So I like your optimism. And uh, Dr. Alex Garza, we wish you the best as you're heading off to Kuwait. And and they're lucky to have you there. I appreciate that. Thank you, Sarah. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. 
Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.